You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Coming up in about 20 minutes, Ian McMillan will share some of his uh, favorite plays for Week 15. And uh, yes, I know Thursday Night Football uh, may not be uh, the best of games here uh, with Chargers and Raiders, but we do have someone who will find a way to make this exciting. One person who will find a way to help us understand this game better than the others and how we can make some plus money bangers off of that. And that is none other than Corey Parson, the fantasy exec. Uh, Corey, thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, let's jump right on in here to Thursday Night Football. Chargers, sure. Raiders. Raiders may not know exactly who the quarterback's supposed to be. Chargers have Easton Stick. Chargers, uh, three-point dogs with a total of 34 and a half. What do we need to do for this game? Uh Find something else to watch is really the best advice I can give you at this point. You know what I'm saying? Thursday yep. night, maybe take your old lady out and have a good time. You know what I'm saying? And prepare for fantasy football <laughs> playoffs. Just, you know what I mean? These are probably things that you should do rather than uh, pay attention to this terrible AFC North football game. With that being said, as wild as this may sound, I would go ahead and lay the number with the Raiders, the Chargers. My Lord, you're talking about a team right now that's in really total disarray. A total of seven points scored over the course of the last two games. Now they got to go on. Like, listen, I really don't like the fading divisional dogs this late in the season. But when you see mm-hmm. what the Chargers are right now, I think they're just playing out the stretch. I think Staley knows he's going. The team knows Staley's going. So I don't think it's too much of nothing happening with this Charger bunch right now. And I would just go ahead and let them number with the Raiders. But this is not a. This is not an, an attractive contest. Yeah, How's no, it's not, man. Morning? Good, man. Good. Good. Uh, they're good. Yeah. They're trying to make Al quit, aren't they? They took him off of playoffs. Uh, they're giving him – I mean, last week it was nobody was going to score a touchdown in Yo, the Steelers game, that? right? Steelers-Patriots, yeah. and now it's this. Like, I, I thought the primetime games are going to be better, but uh, I guess you don't know what's going to happen. Like, you can't predict all the quarterback injuries. Half the league is down to QB2s, qb three. so I guess that's uh, – I think it needs to be some more flexibility that. in the schedule. I haven't really yeah. dug deep into the Al Michaels story. Like, I've seen the headlines – but I'm like, why are they doing this to Al Michaels? That's my man. You know what I'm saying? Who don't love Al Michaels? <laughs> that perfectly, that perfectly knotted necktie. You know what I'm saying? The voice of football, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. But um, you know, hey, it is, it is what it is. I'm glad it's not me. Well, well, Corey, we're going to set. <laughs> we're going to Saturday games now. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. You're gonna bet it. You're gonna watch it. We already know. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You yeah, got, yeah, you gotta bet it. <laughs> Um, no doubt. But we got a triple header on Saturday. So I, I'm wondering if if any of these games are, are popping to you. So we've got the Bengals. It's now out to three and a half at BetMGM. Bengals, <laughs> we get, this is another one matchup where you got multiple uh, backup quarterbacks. 
You've got the Colts as a short favorite against the Steelers, two backup quarterbacks. And then uh, the Lions are looking to bounce back, man. They are not looking good. They're a four-point favorite against the Broncos. Do any of the uh, the three games on Saturday jump out? Oh, let's start with the with the nightcap and probably the one that will have the most eyes on it. You know what I'm saying? And let's talk about this Detroit Lions. I remember speaking with you guys earlier in the season. It's really talked about how hard it was to fade them because how much of a wagon they were against the spread. That has not been the case in the second half of the season this year. As a matter of fact, they've been struggling ATS. They've been struggling at home a little bit as well. Um, I think Detroit wins the game, but I'll go ahead and I'll take the four. I'll probably buy the hook, take the four for the Denver Broncos. I think Denver comes in here as a road team on a Saturday night, kind of overlooked. So I think the Lions do get the game, but I think give me the Broncos to cover the spread and keep the train rolling. Listen, shout out to Sean McVay. I mean, not Sean McVay, Sean Payton. He found out what his team was, and he leaned into that, and now he's got him on the street. You know what I'm saying? And that's so important for a head coach to find out what your team is. Brandon Staley can't find out what his team is. Broncos, Sean Payton found out what his team was. Now they're making a push. And let me tell you something. If I, I don't want to see the Broncos. If I'm an AFC top dog, I don't want to see the Broncos in the back end of the playoffs. I'm with you. And I think shout out to Sean McVay as well. The Rams were yeah, left for dead and he's got them right there in it. And this week they play the commanders. I don't know how this commander's Ooh. defense is going to be able to stop anybody. Any props or um, side that you like in this matchup? Listen, it is what it is. It's a whole, you know, playing take the Washington commanders, and I understand it. But the commanders, one thing that Ron Rivera can do is cover as a road dog. He's been excellent at that his time, his time in Washington that's coming to an end. And also, look at that number. That number fell under seven. When that number's under seven like that, that's going, everybody's going, oh, this is a Ram spot. Now, how does it happen? It's very interesting. Because the commanders back in, I mean, Sean McVay, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, they should light these dudes up for real. Because the commanders can't stop nobody. But, hey, maybe it's a last stand, win one for the Gipper. Hold your nose, play the commanders <laughs> six and a half. Oh, I can't back the commanders. No. I know it's Gipper. tough, you know what I'm saying? It's very tough to back the commanders. <laughs> you know, Corey, I, I know you're a little shy today. Uh, you know, maybe a little reserved. But uh, maybe this will get you out of your shell here when I ask you sure. about the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chiefs, mm. and the fact that maybe we are starting to talk about them being a little dysfunctional. And now we are learning that Patrick Mahomes uh, had a message for Kadarius Tony saying, just be you, just be mm. you. You made one yeah, mistake. Okay. That's not going to define you. It's going to be how you respond to that mistake. Is this just a mess right now? And can you really lay eight points with the Chiefs against the Patriots? So when you look at the game, and when I was trying to handicap these contests, my first thing is, okay, how does this game going to break down? And one thing that we know about the New England Patriots, they can play defense with all the, with, with the best teams in the league. They can come out there on the defensive side of the football and get it done. And Kansas City's offense is not what it's been. So, yeah, eight does seem like a lot. And the Patriots won't score because the Chiefs' defense is the best unit on the field out of all four units. So, listen, this is probably a nasty game. I can see a, you know, 13-3, something like that. I probably would lay number with the Chief. It probably wouldn't make my ticket, though, more or less, because I think the Patriots' defense is going to be able to frustrate Patrick Mahomes. Listen, Travis right, Kelsey, Corey. 
30 something year old man you know what i'm saying tyreek hill yeah. not there no more you see these dudes you know what i'm saying tony and these guys they don't have the weapons and i'm not this big guy it's like oh quarterback gotta have all these weapons when you're patrick mahomes and you make 40 something million dollars a season you are the weapon you got to get it done now he does need some help though but listen i don't i'm not going to fret too much on the chiefs because the whole afc look upside down right now but they'll get they'll they'll get out of this one this week but um things don't look great right now i i want to ask you about the bills in a moment but uh because you love to talk about the bills you love josh allen and company and everybody's hot on them right now i i but you bring up the chiefs so you know with it being you i want your opinion on this what did you think about not taylor swift jackson mahomes commenting on travis kelsey's ex on the instagram you see that one no what do you say about her he's she's looking right uh, <laughs> he got a good set of eyes that jackson mahomes you know what i'm saying he's not too great on he can be kind of an entitled little dude that i don't know you know what i'm saying but shorty was a smoke show there's no doubt about that you know what i'm saying i really know yeah. everybody got their own tastes and styles and stuff like that taylor right. swift not really me the old shorty it's kind of up my lane you know what i'm saying so there you go right there and i'll just i'll just move that alone you know what i mean she is hot <laughs> kayla yeah. i think her name yes. is yeah <laughs> shout out shout out to kayla <laughs> I don't want to get you. Shut up, Kayla. It's fine. It's fine. What 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 do you think? Uh, what do you do you think about the Bills, man? Everybody's talking about them. They're the 11 seed right now. That that all the future numbers keep getting shorter. It's like people are like thinking, okay, they yeah, they do have this tough schedule. But you went to Arrowhead and won. Like you made the change at OC. It looks like things are back on track. What do you think about the Bills? Because you always uh, tend to doubt Josh Allen. I tell the truth, truth, Josh Allen's playing good football right now. When they lost those two defensive starters in, in uh, when they went out to London, the NFL set them up out there in London, and they lost their two best players on defense, Mahone, um, Allen kind of took the team over. Now, listen, the turnovers and some of the bad decisions are still there, but he's fighting for this team and keeping them in games every week. This right here, though, is a very fascinating number when you look at this. Opens up one and a half, pushes the two. Everybody's coming in on Dallas, right? And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I can see the Cowboys back-to-back AFC road games. So I would look for more trouble next week when they go down there to the South Florida Heat on Christmas Eve. You know what I'm saying? But now look at this game, and I'm like, defensively, how is Buffalo going to stop Dallas? So it's I, I don't know what to say about this one right here. I would listen, everybody, not the sharp, this you know, the sharp money's on Buffalo, the squares coming in on the Cowboys. Maybe I'm a square this week, or maybe you know, you knock on wood. Hopefully nobody gets injured in this game. But um, ah, this is a funny looking line to me. I would take the two with mm. Dallas, but it looks like Buffalo is the side. Mm. Yeah, I was on Buffalo last week. Yeah, it's yep. a tough one, Aaron. You know what I'm saying? I'm just looking at this number. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's going in Buffalo's direction. I'm 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 curious as to what's going to happen. I might have to bet the Cowboys. We'll see when we go over our contest picks. But let's talk about a Niners-Cardinals division matchup. The 10-3 Niners against the 3-10 Cardinals. This is a big number, 12-and-a-half. What do you like in this one? Hey, they've been been laying these big numbers at points this season, and obviously we know the situation uh, with, with the Cardinals, you know, basically playing out the back end. 
I'm not going to be a hero and get in front of the San Francisco 49ers in this spot right here. I would, I would get that hook out there later 12 if I had to take it to the window. It probably won't make my card, you know what I'm saying? All the Cardinals yeah. have shown a little bit of life, but really, this is the time of year where the Cardinals, they, their job, you know, is to kind of get to the offseason, you know, secure a good draft pick, figure out if they're going to trade Kyler Murray to the Atlanta Falcons and go with a young quarterback or if they're going to come back at it with Murray. So I think winning this football game is not top of mind. Divisional dog this time of year is normally a good play. Really, it's no better. If anything, I would get that hook out of there in later 12 with the Niners. He's Corey Parson here on BetQL Daily. Make sure to follow him on X at the Fantasy Exec. We had a trend or truth uh, in our last segment, and I have one that I wanted to ask you about, Corey. So four or five totals in the 30s last week went over, and this included games that featured a backup quarterback or maybe even two backup quarterbacks. I wonder if we're at a point in the season where maybe the market has been overreacting to a backup or two backup quarterbacks to where maybe it's time to start to bet on a couple of overs. How do you feel about that? And is there one that stands out where maybe it's better to take an over despite having one or two backups? Hey, these bookmakers are sharp. You know what I'm saying? So they see the trends. They know what's going on. And they got their power rankings when it comes to these totals and stuff like that. They know how to manipulate and maneuver these numbers. I was always brought up of the belief that if a total is under 40, play the under because there's a good chance it's going to fall under 40. If a total's super-duper high, play the, play the over because of, of, of a good chance it could go over the number. Now, you got this Giants and Saints this week, right? And this number's sitting at 39. I would go over on this number right here. And not only would I go over on the number, I would take the Giants on the money line. Yeah, we talked about every time we come on this show, I tell you about a road five and a half and how road five and a half's <laughs> cover and win the game, unless they are the Carolina Panthers, the worst team in football. But listen, <laughs> truth of the matter is this. Tommy DeVito, whatever, you know, not a real, you know, we, we, listen, it's probably his 15 minutes of fame. But here's the truth of the matter. His Jeremy teammates Lynn. love him. They like, play, <laughs> there you go. They, they love him. They like playing for him. They like being around him. You know what I'm saying? The Saints, mm -hmm. as a favorite, is never a smart bet. I had a homeboy of mine a couple weeks ago tell me the Giants were going to make the playoffs. I said, get off my phone. Hung the phone up on a big buddy of mine. You know what I'm saying? And now, the other night, he hit me up and was like, we might make the playoffs. And I'm like, you're right. Y'all might make the playoffs. As crazy as that no. may sound. But the New York Giants are going to go into the Dome and beat the Saints this week. And the total was oh. over 39. Yeah. Wow. Hey, listen, Saints, hey, come on, y'all. Saints yeah, are terrible. If I tell you it's Easter, if I tell you it's Easter Sunday, put on your fresh outfit, right? I told y'all Alabama <laughs> was going to win the championship. I told you the Pacers was going was going to be a player in this in season tournament. And now I'm telling you, put your money on the New York Giants this week. New York Giants go down to the dome and pull off the upset. All right, a uh, lot of drama NBA last couple days, man. I mean, between yeah, Draymond, yeah. now he's suspended oh definitely. Then last night with Giannis, hey, where's that game ball? You know, we got GMs getting elbowed, all sorts of stuff. A anything on your mind wow. NBA-wise, whether it's big picture, tonight's card, uh, what, what do you think? Uh, listen, uh, this thing, listen, here's the thing. I, I like this Pacers-Bucks is going to be a little bit of a rivalry. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I think the Bucks do not like how the Pacers have taken it to them. The Bucks still look at themselves as the top dogs in that conference, I mean, in that division and conference right now. 
but you got Tyrese Halliburton, who is a MVP, a legit MVP candidate this year. Listen, the Bucks was able to get some revenge and got the job done last night, but they're going to have some very exciting matchups coming down the stretch. But when I look at uh, the NBA tonight, uh, a couple things that jump out right away. Um, you got to see the, the, the Minnesota and Dallas. I want to see what those injuries look like. Um, if both teams come out there full strength and I, Kyrie Irving likely not to play. If Anthony Edwards plays, take Minnesota. If Edwards sits, I like Dallas. Um, I like the Trailblazers laying three and a half. You're like, oh, you like the Trailblazers? The Trailblazers are good against the spread. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're a poor team, but they're good against the spread. Now, they're normally underdogs. Tonight, they're a favorite. It's different. But the Utah Jazz, I don't really expect them to get in the way. Um, Oak, I like Golden State tonight. I don't think the Kings are that. I mean, the Clippers are that good of a team. I would take the five and a half with Golden State. Uh, Oklahoma City in the Kings is interesting. Oklahoma City on that road trip, but it's only game three of that road trip. I don't fade a team until it's game four. That's probably a pick em. I really can't handicap that one for you right now. The Heat and Bulls, I will lay the number with the Heat. Cavaliers and Celtics. I want to say the Cavaliers because the Cavaliers play their best on the road. Man, but Boston, they mm-hmm. just – maybe I take the Cavaliers in the first half. But when Boston gets it rolling, uh, unfortunately, they're very tough to beat. I don't like Boston sports teams. I mean, you see the janky hat? <laughs> I can see yeah, why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know that. It's all, it's all encompassing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, How's exactly. everybody doing? We're, we're good. Better we're good. now that we you came on the show. Hey, take the MEAC MEAC team. Always always take the MEAC team in the celebration bowl. Okay, I like it. Corey Corey Carson, fantasy exec, thank you so much for your time. This is BeckQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Ian McMillan coming up right here on the BeckQL Network. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Still plenty of stuff to get to here on the program. We've got contest picks to give out. We've got Saturday's NFL action that we will go over and share some of our favorite bets pertaining. But in the meantime, joining us now, Ian McMillan, Senior Editor of BetSighted. Please make sure to follow him on X at Ian MacBets. Ian, thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah, I know there's NFL football tonight. And yeah, I know we've got a lot of fantastic games over the weekend. But I got to start by talking about the Toronto Blue Jays. What happened with the Blue Jays and Shohei Otani? Tons of people on Friday bet on the Blue Jays to win the World Series. And they are very much regretting that just because of air traffic news and they're basing their bets off of that uh are you doing okay are you feeling festive even now yeah i I, to be honest i was just starting to get over it until you brought it up again uh so no i (laughs) now i'm not feeling okay uh this is what happens when i finally decide to put hope in one of my sports teams to actually do something good uh there was like a 20 minute span there where like otani was a blue jay had I had champagne literally in a bucket of ice ready to pop to celebrate Otani being a Toronto Blue Jay and the rug just got pulled out from underneath me. So, uh, no, but that's, that, that, that's, that's what I get for cheering for the teams that I cheer for because it's nothing but pain all the time. Uh, Jays fans are in a bad spot. So, uh, I follow Ben Nicholson Smith on, on X and he co- covers the Blue Jays most of the time. He's based up in Canada and he tweeted out, he was the one that I first saw tweet out about that there's a scenario which 
Otani can opt out of his deal with the Dodgers and it's tied to team personnel. And I read the replies and it's all just Jays fans just torching him. Don't care. You cover the Jays. Don't write about this guy. So does Canada, I'm asking you to speak for a lot of people here, but does Canada (laughs) now hate Otani after that tease? That he got the uh, teased, got their hopes up. Do you think they've turned on the greatest player maybe ever? I think so. I know I definitely have. Otani's now my least favorite athlete in the world. Um, I do not like <laughs> Otani whatsoever. He was in on this poll team to use the Blue Jays to get more money from the Dodgers. That guy from Shark Tank or Dragon's Den, uh, who is signed by the same agency as Otani, took that flight from Anaheim to Toronto to convince everyone that Otani was on the flight to bump up his price from the Dodgers. They're all in on it. It's a big conspiracy. I, I, I know I don't like Otani. I don't know if I can speak for an entire country, but there's certainly a lot of other Canadians that also don't like Otani. So when Otani comes to New York next year, I'm going to get the closest seat I can to the dugout and boom, every time I see him. Wow. I can't wow. wait for this. When and he's going to wear his Jays gear under a big, heavy winter coat. <laughs> <laughs> Joe won't let that go. All right. I'm looking at your uh, Twitter here, and I want to ask you, because I know you go through all of the games, what's one of your favorite sides for this week? Uh, One of my favorite sides for this week. um, It's actually one of the Saturday games, I would say, would be one of my favorite sides. It's uh, the Vikings. It's the Bengals. Uh, I like the points with the Vikings. Um, One of my favorite things to do is as soon as a quarterback comes out of nowhere and starts playing well and people start talking about how good he is and how he could be a starting quarterback on several other teams, I like to go uh, against him and bet the opposite side. So that's what I'm going to do with Jake Browning, especially because actually one of the most, I think, under-talked about aspects of the NFL season right now is how good this Vikings defense has become under Brian Flores. Uh, all of a sudden, fifth in opponent EPA, seventh in opponent success rate. They're doing a lot of crazy things. They have that one player who's played every position on defense. Uh, a lot of really confusing zone blitzes. It's going to be a lot of things that for an inexperienced quarterback like Jake Browning, I think it's going to be a little bit too much for him to handle. So um, I have they announced yet who's playing quarterback for the Vikings? I don't really think it makes much of a difference. Uh, I think the defense is, is he at Mullins. um that's who i'm kind of hoping for so yeah if it is him even better um but i think the defense is going to be the difference maker in this game uh so uh, i like the points of the vikings on saturday by the way folks uh, i hope you guys are watching this on twitch and youtube because uh, ian looks incredibly festive with the uh, christmas sweater here and the lights and uh santa Santa there is what's santa doing santa's santa's golfing bending over uh, on my sweater Oh, yeah, you probably should show the bottom of the sweater. He's hitting a putt. He's lining up a putt. <laughs> if I just show the top, Santa, it's probably not that Santa hard. got into the eggnog a little bit. <laughs> can't, can't stay yeah. upright. This is, uh, okay. Oh, there Ew. we go. Right. Yeah, that was misleading. <laughs> I thought Mrs. Claus was involved. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. Uh, I'm glad we uh, showed that off. That's great. Uh, okay, give us a reason to care about Thursday night. Chargers, Raiders, Raiders three-point favorites with a total of 34 and a half. Uh, is there a prop here you like, a side, a total? What, what's a reason why we should care about this game? 
Yeah, I guess I'm just going to lay the points with the Raiders. Um, I have bet on uh, Easton Stick rushing touchdown as well. I read that he's a, he was a big scrambler in college, and I think he had five rushing touchdowns and 12 preseason appearances. So I guess I'll bet that too. What? Um, I don't know if there's a game that you can skip on Thursday night football. It's probably this one. Is this the most irrelevant game of the entire season with two irrelevant quarterbacks? I'll lay the points with the Raiders because the Chargers defense was bad. This was a bad team overall with Justin Herbert. Now they have a guy named Easton Stick starting for them. So like now their offense is going to be just as bad as their defense. I guess I'll lay the points with the Raiders. But if I didn't have to bet on every single football uh, game this season, this would probably be one I'd pass on. Uh, I'd probably just go out to like a nice festive Christmas bar and have a couple drinks instead because this game stinks, but I have bet on the Raiders. I will lay the three points against Easton Stick, which does not sound like a real person. Yeah, I know. That seems to be the consensus on tonight. It's got to be the lowest ratings that Amazon's going to get all season long. Um, you're probably not used to this, but I want to give you some praise here, Ian, because oh, wow. I don't, I don't know, I don't know if you uh, updated or posted this week's version yet. But I was looking, knowing you were coming on the show, and it came up at some point yesterday. So I was curious where you were with with your latest fraud rankings and mm. or most overrated teams, however you want to put it. And I was looking at, it, I'm like. Oh my God, he almost swept the board last week because almost all of them lost. You had the Eagles number one, smoked again. You had the Jaguars three with an L. Uh, four Steelers, they lose as a six-point favorite. Uh, the Lions lose to the Bears. They should have been swept by them. The Lions have been awful. So, I mean, you put some teams that people expect to be in the playoffs there, and almost all of them lost except for uh, the Broncos. Can you tease us with uh, your latest fraud rankings that you're going to post for this week? Yes, I'm actually going to be writing that uh, right after this. So it'll be out this afternoon. Um, I was correct about the Eagles. I'm going to pat myself on the back about that. I said uh, about a month ago, or I guess three weeks ago, that they're going to lose three games straight, and everyone called me crazy for saying it. They didn't. They did beat the Bills in overtime because Jake Elliott hit the greatest game-tying field goal of all time, 59 yards into the wind. But if they lost that game, I would have been right. They would have lost three games in a row. Uh, but now the issue with the Eagles and really with a lot of the teams on that list, is that once everyone starts calling them a fraud, then they're not really a fraud anymore. You know, if everyone's over saying you're overrated, then you're just pr probably being properly rated by everyone. So because of that, because everyone's calling the Eagles a fraud, I think now I need to drop them down the list. I think the Jaguars are probably going to take over the top spot, even though a lot of people are kind of mm -hmm. out on the Jaguars uh, now lately as well. But the Jaguars' numbers offensively, defense, their defense was good at the start of the year. They've fallen off at a lot of defensive metrics. Their offense has been average at best. Um, they're still winning that division right now. So I think right now, um, I haven't finalized it yet, but I think the Jaguars are going to move up into that number one spot just because everyone is now calling the Eagles a fraud. So if everyone calls you a fraud, then you're kind of by definition not really a fraud. Where are you at with your Falcons at this point in the season? Oh They've Ugh. got a nice chance to beat up on the uh, worst team in the NFL this week. Still not in your fraud rankings. Well, no, because nobody thinks they're good. <laughs> you have to you have to have people actually thinking you're a good football team to be in the fraud rankings. No, I mean last week, uh, one of the easiest bets of all time was the Buccaneers because of course the Falcons are going to lose that game against the Buccaneers, a game where if they would have won, they would have like an eighty-five percent chance to make the playoffs. They lost, now they have like a thirty-five percent chance to make the playoffs. I don't know. I, I'm trying not to get invested in this Falcons team. I think they are going to uh, beat uh, the Panthers this week. I'm surprised it's only a three-point spread. I know the Falcons are frustrating to watch. They're <laughs> frustrating to cheer for, frustrating to bet on. 
But not only are they overall, I think we can agree they're a better team than the Panthers. Can we agree on that? Um, And not only that, they do have, I think, a stylistic advantage against this Panthers team. The Panthers can't stop the run. They're the worst run defense in the entire NFL. And the one thing the Falcons have been able to do uh, with some level of consistency is run the football. So I think if the Falcons just keep the football on the ground, don't ask Desmond Ritter to do too much, just trust your running backs and run the ball against the worst run defense in the NFL – Panthers are dead last in opponent EPA per rush and opponent rush's success rate. I think the Falcons can win and cover. They are going to break my heart before the end of the season. I don't think it's going to be this week. I think my prediction, this is my prediction at the start of the year, that the NFC South was going to come down to the week 18 game against the Saints and the Falcons. I think that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then the Falcons are going to lose to our rivals, the Saints, and be eliminated from the playoffs in week 18. So, for that to happen, they do got to win and cover this week against the Panthers. I think they can beat the worst team in the NFL. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Uh, Cowboys-Bills. Uh, important contest here, uh, really, for both teams as the Bills are still in the running to potentially win their division. Cowboys, of course, uh, still have an outside chance to get the one seed in the NFC. Bills, two-point favorites here with a total of 50 and a half. What do you think about this one? Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I've been a defender of the Bills uh, for a good portion of the season. I'm not going to jump off their bandwagon quite yet. Uh, I will take the Bills in this matchup. Their offense still, I know that their record's not great. I know, uh, you know, they're kind of still on the playoffs on the outside looking in, but uh, their offense outside of turnovers still remains one of the best offenses in uh, in the NFL. They're top five in basically every single EPA uh, stat and success rate stat. Their defense has played a little bit better of late. Um, and I do like, you know, to buy low on teams, sell high on others. I think this is a great sell high spot on the Cowboys after beating the Eagles, uh, last week. I was on the Cowboys last week. Uh, they did look impressive, uh, but they got a, they got a tough stretch of games here coming up. So, uh, yeah, not a super confident play for me. I think the Bills can run the ball, uh, successfully on this Cowboys defense. Uh, they're 31st in opponent rush success rate. So I think if the Bills can run the ball, not turn the ball over, uh, they're at home. I'll, I'll lay the point and a half, two points with the Bills. What about Saturday's triple header? You've got uh, Cincinnati laying a field goal against Minnesota. We've got, I mean, you mentioned that that one with Minnesota. Um, Indy, that number's been coming down against Pittsburgh, one of your fraud teams. You've got Detroit laying more than a field goal. They're back at home against Denver. A- any of those other ones uh, on Saturday stand out? Yeah, I like I got the Steelers and they're three point underdogs. I don't love them at the current line. So of the other two games right now, I think the one I'd be looking at would be the Lions. Uh, if you look at home away splits for these two teams, both the Broncos and the Lions have been significantly better at home uh, this season. Uh, the the Broncos have been just terrible on the road. If you look at my favorite stat, net yards per play, they go from zero point zero at home down to minus one point six on the road. The worst road team in the NFL. Uh, the Lions. Uh, uh, minus uh, or close to close to minus uh, uh, on the road, plus one point one at home. So I think with with these two teams playing, I think you got to back whatever team is at home, and I think it is the Lions. And I was just talking about earlier with the Cowboys buy low, sell high. Cowboys a bit of a sell high spot. I think the Lions now are a bit of a buy low spot. I faded them there for a few weeks in the middle of the season. Uh, but now I think we're starting to get some value on them. They're still a very good team. Their defense, obviously not great, uh, but their offense, especially against this uh, Denver secondary, I think can do some damage uh, on their home turf. So uh, I will lay the points with the Broncos, or sorry, with the Lions on Saturday night. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. We have about a minute left. Obviously, favorites had been doing very well this season. Then we saw the dogs have a day last week. Do you think it's going to be a mixed bag? Do you think the dogs will continue to bark? Where are you at with that trend? I think I'm on a lot of favorites this week, so I hope it's the favorites. I'm just looking through uh, my road to 272 bets picks here, and yeah, I think I'm on a lot of favorites. So I hope it is favorites okay. that have a big week. I will I will say my underdog I am on to win outright. I try to pick one. Oh, right underdog uh, every week uh, is the Bears. I think the Bears might upset this Browns team. This Browns team has a lot of injuries, especially on the offensive line. Uh, and the Bears all of a sudden were like a dumpster fire at the start of the year. They're like an average team now, um, especially yeah, defensively. Yeah. I think the Bears defense uh, is still underrated to some extent. Um, so I don't know. Joe Flacco playing uh, behind a, a banged up offensive line. I think that's 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 a tough spot for the Browns to be in. So uh, if I were to talk about one underdog that I think wins outright this uh, this weekend, I'll, I'll go with the Bears on the road in Cleveland. Good stuff. Ian McMillan, senior editor of BetSided. Thank you so much for your time and happy holidays to you and yours. Thank you so much, guys. Take care. Uh, happy holidays. Welcome back to Make You All Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And guys, it's time to get sharper. Uh, I submitted my final yesterday to the class. And so now, as far as being a professor, uh, we're pretty much done for the semester. Uh, we'll grade those suckers uh, today, tomorrow, and Saturday, and then hand out those final grades so everything will be set. But uh, now we have another class uh, to put in session. And we're going to talk about offensive coaching, offensive decision-making, and we're going to look at some of the worst teams, teams that we should be fading down the stretch when it comes to their offensive decision-making. And so uh, this is kind of what we did yesterday in terms of fading teams and players, generally speaking, but in terms of coaches, play designers, and quarterbacks who will continue to make poor decisions and despite record, maybe we should be uh, engaging in some pause before backing them. And I thought I'd uh, break down it by downs. Uh, so let's start with second down in terms of bad offensive decision making. And when you're looking at second down and figuring out those bad teams, which offenses choose to pass less frequently on second and 10 or longer? 
Well, when it comes to the five lowest rates of passing on second and 10 or longer, where, say, the win probability is less than 75%, so you're not worried about burning clock, the worst are the Broncos, the Bears, the Cardinals, the Falcons, and the Giants. Remember the Giants because this one's going to be really important going forward. But just remember these five teams as far as looking at some of these other bad offenses and bad offensive decision makers. Now let's look at third down. And one way to quantify bad third down decisions would be this stat called air yards to the sticks. On the money downs, third and fourth down, which quarterbacks are throwing past the sticks and which are throwing behind the sticks to where it will be up to the receiver to do some more work before trying to move the chains. The receiver still has some work left to do. And if you're throwing behind the sticks, well, that makes you less likely to convert and keep the drive alive. So in terms of the worst teams, in terms of air yards behind the sticks, we're dealing with the Colts, the Bengals, the Commanders, Aaron, the Jets, massive drop-off, and then the Giants once again. So this matters when we're talking about the Giants because they do get the Saints, and they have the second most air yards to the sticks in the NFL. So in terms of decision-making, New Orleans does have a clear advantage in this one. So that's third down. Now let's get to fourth down. From rbsdm.com, let's just look at good old-fashioned fourth down decision-making. How often teams go for it when they should. Well, the lowest rates are the Giants, one more time, the Patriots, the Rams, the Ravens, and the Bengals. Now, this is important because the top teams in terms of fourth down decision-making are the Cardinals, Eagles, Panthers, Titans, Cowboys, and Bears. So... As much as we may have wanted to insult the Bears, like in terms of fourth down decision making, they've been pretty good there. The defense is starting to improve. So that's one reason to be optimistic about the Bears going forward. Um, but when it comes to fourth down decision making, maybe there isn't one clear advantage for any one offense uh, for this week. But we are seeing the Giants time and time again. And also, interestingly, the Bengals are appearing on two of these lists. And one thing that I thought was, okay, how much of this is an injured Joe Burrow and how much of this is, say, Jake Browning? Well, you look at Jake Browning's numbers and how the Bengals have performed since week 12. Air yards to the sticks, that's been short. Fourth down decision making, it's been bad. So even if you like them against the Vikings, maybe a, a game total or team total under for the Bengals is appropriate. But to me, the biggest lessons here, fade the Bengals going forward and fade the Giants going forward. <laughs> Don't Giants, tell Corey yeah. Parson this. They, well, they made, my, know, they right? made my list of uh, favorite fades yesterday. And I don't know that it's mm -hmm. going to happen this week, but that was more about the last three weeks of the mm -hmm. season. So the, I think the fourth down stuff is most interesting. And, you know, the second mm -hmm. and third down, like, you know, watching the Bears so closely or some of these other teams, it makes sense a little bit. I'm not saying the decision-making is the correct thing to do, but mm -hmm. these coaches, the vast majority, they don't trust these quarterbacks at all. I, I, I know for yeah. a fact. The Bears coaching staff does not want Fields to be here. If they're going to be here, they don't want Fields here moving forward. And you look at Arizona before Kyler got healthy, it was Dobbs, and then they benched Dobbs. And, like, 
it got how how long were we talking about Clayton Tune? Has anybody actually seen him actually play yet? Like there was conversation about him starting mm-hmm. the season and the back and forth with Ritter and Heineke. Atlanta was up there and the New York Giants, they've played three different guys and they're actually winning with the QB three right now because the the schedule has softened up. Like a lot of these teams that were popping, they just they don't trust their quarterbacks. And I think it's pretty clear. But the fourth down, I mean, these are offenses, and I know it's you know, when, when you should, when you, when you should, according to one person, that's their belief, right? Um, that, that is still what it is at this point, but like Cincinnati with all the weapons they have Baltimore with Lamar and company in that great run game, McVay, all the weapons on the outside, like those offenses, those coaches are so conservative that even though they have explosive big time players on their offense, they're still deciding uh, to punt in situations they should probably go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good observation from the first screen with the bad offensive coaches where you had the Broncos, Bears, Cardinals, Falcons, Giants. Like, I guess you could say Russell Wilson is okay, but other than that, a lot of quarterback issues, Yeah, like Joe pointed out, mm-hmm. with all of those teams. So um, that is definitely interesting how that correlates. Well, when we're talking about, say, like, second downs, part of it is, like, okay, even if you don't trust your quarterback, which is fine, like, some are better than others, no big deal, but you still have to put your offense in a position to succeed, right? And Mm -hmm. on rushing plays on second and 10 and longer, chances are you're not getting enough yards to where third down is manageable. I think one of the biggest (laughs) misnomers when we're talking about third down is, okay, Third and four is manageable. Third and five is manageable. Not really. Like, you can still have incompletions, and maybe you still have a draw or something like that, and you kind of come up just short. And especially if you're not going for it on fourth down, well, suddenly the third down isn't manageable anymore. And so this is why I think if you put all of these lists together and you see who's at the bottom, and that's why, like, the Giants keep popping up, I look at this and go, okay, even if you are winning games and maybe you're still putting up points, whatever your argument is, still, though, is this sustainable going forward? Some of this is your decision making. And if it's bad now, it's likely to be bad in the future, unlike, say, points where, okay, maybe you're scoring a lot now, but there's no guarantee you will in the future, especially if your coaches aren't putting you in a position to score more points. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's the tough part. Like, and mm-hmm. I mean, you, you just have to go with that. And it's tough for these coaches with so many changes. I, I don't even know that we've seen a year where it's been this bad. I know we've said that a lot of times, but just week after week, it's not one or, or a few big injuries. It's literally half the league at the most important position yeah. in sports. And, and they're humans, so that's going to impact their thinking or how they call games, or just the game plan going into the week. Washington was shocking. As much mm-hmm. as Howell is throwing it, that that was a su- surprising to see them. Mm-hmm. In Cincinnati, it's like, yeah, Burrow was bad early on, but it was still Burrow with his weapons, and Browning has quickly had success. So, you know, for Zach Taylor to be so conservative, also a, a little surprising. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely it is. 
Uh, how about we get back to a little trend or truth, shall we? Because uh, we we definitely mm-hmm. found tons of trends this week. And uh, here's another one that uh, we can get into as we uh, switch gears here. As we get to a little college football from Brett McMurphy, AP preseason number one jinx continues with Georgia not making the college football playoff. Bulldogs become the 18th team in the last 20 years, ranked number one in the AP preseason poll, who failed to win the national championship. Only Alabama and USC were preseason number one and went on to win the Natty. So, Joe, is this a trend or is there something to this? Uh, Do you just go against the preseason number one? Well, the preseason number one, according to a bunch of writers, and it's usually in the same group of teams, I don't – one team can win. And, you know, the list of teams that can win – it's not long, but it's still a decent list. So it's common sense to me. Like, how often are you going to nail? You know, it, it is where there's right now with the current setup still, there's such little wiggle room where one loss changes everything. And we saw it with Georgia. It was one loss at the end. Say what they want, it means a lot more at the end than it does at the beginning of the season. So I, I'm not saying this is truth. I'm just saying that it's really hard to win a championship and we get one team that can do it. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this, Joe, like how many teams coming into a college football season can win the national championship? Like what number would you peg that in? So how many, Hmm. It's around 10, right? That's think. what I'm thinking. I was thinking 10. Yeah. And so here we have a rate of what? Two out of 20. So that's 10%. Which is there you go. Exactly. So that's in line. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes, that makes sense. And, and the randomness of football, years. that one bad game. And we had a, and, and mm-hmm. this year an undefeated team doesn't even get in. So it's like, it's hard. I think with really all the hard. depth and parity that you see in college football, it's hard. Like maybe in 2017 and 2004, like those two teams were just that much better than everyone else. Whereas now I think the competition is so much tighter. With mm-hmm. the transfer portal. And yes, yes, for sure. Right. Since they don't have to sit out. Yep. I get it. For sure. How about one more college basketball uh, from John Ewing since 2004, every college basketball national champion has been ranked in the top 12 of the week six AP poll. So here we've got Zona, Purdue, Kansas, UConn, Marquette, and a host of others. What do we think about this one? Yes. A lot of people writing about that. You know, we're, we're always looking for something with college basketball. It, It used to be that people were bring up, well, what about if you're at the end of the season top 20 in offensive and defensive efficiency according to the ken palm rankings we're always looking for something that will continue to fit makes sense it's interesting that it's so early in the season that you can point to something i'll say trend though i'll say purdue it's our year let's go number two. <laughs> oh no there you go oh no we're doing job. it <laughs> This is Make You All Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we preview Saturday's action in Week 15 right here on the BetQL Network.